Stone Church Kingston podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. We are continuing our series in the Pilgrim's Progress and uh, we have now left behind Interpreter's House. If you've listened to the last few, uh, we've been looking at uh, that part of the journey and uh, now we're going to reach uh, the, the critical moment really in Christian's journey uh, as he makes his way from the city of destruction to heaven's city, the celestial city. And uh, we're going to be discussing that again. So I'm here with, with Ben Hello. and Pete Hello. and Rory. Hello. And uh, this is just one of the uh, podcast series that we've done. And uh, you can find lots of other things on our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org. Um, and so we are, yeah, we're, re- we're ready to pick it up. So he's leaving Interpreter's House behind. And Rory, you've got it open there. Do you just want to tell us the next the next few sentences? What 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 happens? How does the journey progress from there? Well, he's just been bid farewell uh, by interpreter. He's prayed a prayer for him. And then uh, he's on a highway to travel called Salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that journey up, he comes to a hill. And on top of the hill, he sees the cross. And this is where his, burdens, his burden is. So there's not lots, of, not lots of stuff happens between those two, does it? He leaves the house and then he's... And then he's at the cross, yeah. So he yeah. sees the hill. So he starts, and he starts to he starts to run up, and it's quite hard for him because he's obviously, if you remember, he's got this big burden on his back. And but as he gets to the top of that that hill, it, it just falls away. It the begins burden. to loosen. Yeah, though. The nearer he gets to the cross, it begins to yeah. the, the sort of ties around uh, his burden begin to loosen, and then it falls off. But he he sees a cross and a, a sepulchre, doesn't yeah. he? A tomb. Which is a sort of tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which I think is, uh, if it doesn't, is, is it sort of you don't see the bottom of it, do you? It's a it's a vast cavern uh, um, that I don't think you see the bottom of it. I'm not I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and so this is, I mean, it's a massive moment in the journey so far, isn't it? Because this burden has been something he's felt since the very first moment he opened God's book in the City of Destruction, and the more he read it the heavier that burden became. And so this this burden and awareness of his own sin and his guilt before God has, has been the thing mm. that uh, has gone with Christians so far. And he's even gone off the road foolishly, uh, attempting to try to get rid of it. So that's been a very attractive thing to him. How can I get rid of this burden? An evangelist who's been his helper thus far has always told him that there is a proper way to get rid of that burden. But he's been persuaded to try to go the route of morality and to go the route of the law, uh, anything to get this burden off his back. So this has been this is a big thing for him to lose this, um, and the memory of losing this will be critical for the rest of his journey. Um, I was interested because he, he it, it takes a long time. I mean, how many podcasts have we done to yeah. get to get to this point of the cross? Um, and yet, when it when he's there, it's it's. Sort of done quite quickly. Quite quickly, yeah. And and the whole thing, even though, as you say, we've been building up to this, and this is central to everything, it's sort of done and dusted quite quickly because Christ has done everything mm. sort of for him, isn't there? Mm. I think there's that sort of feel to it, isn't there? Mm. He hasn't got to do anything. Mm. He just comes to the cross, and it it's all. He doesn't even untie the no. the burden. It, it unties itself, mm. as it were. Mm. Yeah. And he's crying, isn't he? He's weeping. Because he can't quite believe it's gone, and he's looking around him, isn't he? Sort of thinking, how is this? 
so wonderful. This is such a wonderful moment. Um, and the and the then was Christian glad and lightsome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. rather nice that lightsome thing, isn't it? And but says he has given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, an amazing biblical word, rest, isn't it? it? This is the rest that he didn't have when he was in tears back in the city of destruction. Mm. Um, he said, "I must, I must find this rest." And um, and the the weight the the thing on his back rolls down into the grave, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, empty tomb. Which yeah. is a, and disappears. Yeah, which is an important point there because it shows that in order for this burden to be lifted, you need both a cross and a resurrection. So um, that's the gospel, isn't it? That Jesus Christ has been crucified for our sins and has taken all the shame and the guilt associated with that, but He has risen from the dead. Um, which, if that had not happened, um, would be a disaster because it shows us that the payment for sin wouldn't have worked, that God hadn't accepted it, that the sacrifice wasn't pure or perfect enough, and we'd still be left with the problem of our sin. Um, And so you need the empty tomb to proclaim to the world you really can come to Christ and you can be forgiven because the payment was paid and accepted on your behalf, which is why when you go into Roman Catholic churches and I think maybe Eastern Orthodox churches as well, and you, you, Jesus is still on the cross. Yeah. Um, what they're trying to say is, look how terrible the suffering was for us. But actually, if Jesus is still on the cross, there's no gospel. Mm. Um, he needs The cross needs to be empty um, because he's come off and he's risen again. He can't still be there. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's bad news. You know? So you need, you need both. He needs to see both. Um, also, a great point that God just doesn't just sweep the weight away to say this is insignificant. The place that it goes is death, isn't it? It has to go into the tomb and into the grave and it has to sink down into death. Um, that's that's the judgment, isn't it? Mm. For it has it. been crucified and thrown mm. in. That's body. actually, yeah, death is the judgment for it. Mm. And that's the place where it gets dealt with. Mm. It doesn't roll down the hill into the bush and then not seen again. Mm. But But God deals with it. The only ultimate end is death, mm-hmm. and and he has the joy of seeing it roll into Christ's tomb yeah. and, and not bear him into the ground yeah, yeah. and sink him. You can't just let grave. sin off. No. So you know he's he's just, and yet he's the one that justifies yeah. us. So he's done uh, that just act of mm. ca- condemning sin, mm. casting it into hell, really, in that, into the here, into the yep. abyss, if you like. Um, so the judgment is done mm. on the cross, and then taken away. Uh, the, the, the sin is taken away. So there's mercy. So yeah. Mm. yeah, and then when he when he's when that happens, he does hang around. He sa- he says uh, he looked and therefore and looked again, even till the. I, I love this. Even till the springs that were in his head sent the water down his cheeks. Mm. <laughs> Even till the springs that were in his head sent the water down his cheeks. This is an emotional time. And it says, and now as he stood looking and weeping, behold, three shining ones. So we'll come to them in a minute, obviously. But um, this is emotional. And, I, 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 you know, we've got to be careful that we don't um, make this just a sort of um, dry transaction yeah. thing going on here. Uh, Just a set of propositions, which as long as you mentally agree with, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be, and now we're all different in our emotions, and we show those emotions differently. But we are to have emotion here, aren't we? Uh, I mean, it's quite hard not to have 
an emotion. You might not cry like he did, um, and you may not show it in ways you know that someone else would. But there is emotion here, surely. And and Christianity is an emotional faith, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it's probably it's proportional to how much you felt your sin, I yeah. suppose, isn't it? That he's. Well, Jesus yeah, says that, isn't he? He's yeah. a parable, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um, what is that? He's forgiven much. Woman. Yeah, loves much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he who... Is forgiven much, loves, loves much. Loves much, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. That, that's the point, though, right? He's acutely felt his sin. He's had this great burden that he's been longing to uh, get off his back. When that when that's released, it must the whole emotional release and relief would be... You know, you would feel that just as just as acutely, and so yeah, tears would would flow down your face. And actually, sometimes it, as as a Christian, it's that you feel that more and more as you grow up, grow in your Christian walk. Um, yeah. So you, so sometimes, particularly if you've grown up in a Christian background, you might not you might not get it straight away. Yes, I'm a Christian. This is good stuff. And then as you grow and you you get closer to the cross you you realize how sinful you really are and you're you're more and more blown away by the the grace and mercy of the lord jesus christ and and what his cross has done and then you those tears come so it's different for different people but i think um you know if anything as we grow we should we should feel this more emotionally than we had done before Mm. And this isn't just a, yeah, as we grow. So this isn't just a one-off occasion, is it? The Christian doesn't just glance at the cross once in their life and then move on from it. But regularly in the preaching, we take people to the cross again. And with an increasing clarity, hopefully, as they grow in understanding of their own sin and of who Jesus is Mm. and what he did, um, it can be emotional, sort of, more and more, can't it? Mm. As we look at yeah, the because in, I mean, in theory, he's ready to go to heaven now, isn't he? Yeah. He, I mean, God could just come and, or the Lord of the country could come and just take him to heaven. Mm. You know, so a quarter of the book, perhaps, or a fifth or something, is pre-cross, mm. and then he's got this whole journey ahead of him. And you know, in in one way or another, his success going forward is related to how well he can remember what's happened at the cross isn't it when when he forgets that he's going to go wrong um okay so it says it says now he stood oh my machine's just gone off um he gets these three gifts doesn't (laughs) shining ones uh yeah so he stood there weeping and behold three shining ones came to him and saluted him with peace be with thee Mm. so the first one said to him thy sins uh be forgiven uh the second uh, stripped him of his rags and clothed him with change of raiment. <laughs> and the third also set a mark on his forehead and gave him a roll with a seal upon it, which he bade him uh, look on as he ran um, uh, the, until he gets to the celestial gate. So three things. Uh, peace be with you, which is, that's what you'd know at the cross, isn't it? I mean, people are looking for peace, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, internal peace, and there's so much turmoil, isn't there, in people's lives? Anxiety, turmoil. I mean, we've pro- probably never known anything, anything like it, uh, um, and particularly amongst young people, are supposed to be full of life and energy. And I don't think we've known anything quite like this for 
at least centuries where there's just a whole group of people without peace and um and but here at the cross peace be with you why because you're right with your maker Mm -hmm. and once that when you're right with your maker then you know you can walk into this world uh knowing that you're at peace with him Mm -hmm. it's going to be extraordinarily different isn't it Mm. yeah um it doesn't. It doesn't mean he has an easy ride from now on, does it? Peace be with you. No. Ah, you've now it's downhill from here, mate. You can just hop on that slide, and it takes you all the way. He no, hasn't... because the Bible says that there's a peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. So what's a peace that passes all understanding? Hmm. Well, it's a peace of someone in a battlefield, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's not yeah. on the beach. When I'm sitting on the beach licking an ice cream, and I'm at peace. Yeah. It's I understand. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But if I'm in a battlefield and everybody's getting killed around me, and yeah. I'm at peace, yeah. that's a one, mm. and that's the peace he's going to bring. And that's into. it's part of the fruit of the spirit for that reason, isn't yeah. it? That it grows as a fruit in a conflict mm. zone. You know, so the fruit of the spirit, Paul says, is love, joy, peace, um, and so peace is something that, like a fruit, um, will grow and mature. Uh, as we fight against sin that's you know because that's a conflict passage isn't it say yes to this no to this and stuff um so that's good and he gets this um he also gets this assurance doesn't he so uh, and i think they link it up or he links it up with um ephesians 1 there where it's um this is a paraphrase because i haven't got it in front of me but when you were when you believed you were marked with a seal uh the promised holy spirit guaranteeing your inheritance or something like that and um and so this is to say that when, when someone is forgiven at the cross and they've experienced the, the forgiveness of Christ, the Holy Spirit is given. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell within a person and God himself takes up residence in this newly forgiven, made righteous person. And that guarantees your inheritance. You know, it's, it's your assurance. He's never, ever going to depart from you. You know, he's the ultimate start to finisher, isn't he? You know, God... Whatever project God begins, he brings to completion and he's not going to, you know, my house is full of half done DIY projects, you know, things that were started with good intentions, but then left. Um, But whatever project God begins, he finishes. And that's that's what this scroll is about is to say, um, keep this with you. Um, This is uh, this is your an assurance that you're you're mine. And I think this is interesting that when 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 the journey carries on. Um, you'll see that there are times, we'll see that there are times when that assurance um, is kind of lost for a season, um, which I think is an aspect of like theology, which um, you know perhaps is harder to come across these days. But I mean, he never gets his burden back. Yeah. So that's never put back on. His burden is now gone forever. Yeah. But sometimes there will be seasons when this scroll of assurance mm. is lost or missing. Well, he, he falls asleep and, and uh, leaves it. Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't he told exactly. to look and, at it? Um, he's told yeah. to always look at it, isn't it? Yeah. So in a way, it's for his eyes because he's also marked on the forehead, right? Yeah. Uh, and he can never lose the yeah. mark on the forehead. So in a sense, yeah. he's stamped, he's God's, he, he never will lose that. Yeah. But the assurance that he's meant to look at, he can <coughs> waylay uh, or put down somewhere. Yeah. And then, then he's panicking, but... You know, he's always got the stamp on the forehead, yeah. even if he can't, even if he's mislaid yeah, his, yeah. his assurance. And he has to present the scroll That's when right. he gets to heaven. Yeah. So the angels want to see it yeah. to yeah. make sure you've got it, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that you haven't got a false assurance, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but so. we, we've missed something because before he gets the scroll and the 
and the mark on his forehead, he's given this new clothing. Mm. Um, so the old rags are taken off, the new clothing is placed on. Mm. That's rather a nice image, isn't it, of what the cross does. So the, the cross doesn't just deal with our sin, mm. um, and then we're left sort of naked sinners, as it were. Um, it, it, it gives us a rightness, doesn't it? There's a righteousness, the robes of righteousness are given to us. So Christ pays for our sin, but he also buys our righteousness. We're covered in the rightness of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which which is, you know, that double-sided part of the cross is an extraordinarily wonderful thing. Yeah, mm. He's now dressed like the gold shining ones yeah. that you saw in the vision, in the image of the of mm. the city isn't he mm. so he's he is actually now dressed to go to the kingdom when yeah. he gets there he doesn't need anything else to put on no he is dressed for the kingdom he just now needs to get there mm. um, yeah. which is nice isn't it and he's yeah. i think i think i think this is a lot of people's experience i mean even um when we were i think listening to uh, rachel's uh, testimony uh, particularly those that are sort of brought up in church they they sort of um make a commitment to Christ every time the preacher says, come to Christ. Yeah. And, and, and it's a sort of lack of assurance, isn't it? And then there comes a point, isn't there, where you re- they really understand what the cross has done. And, uh, you, oh, okay, he has taken my... I don't need to keep, um, uh, you know, repenting in that sense. Mm. Obviously, there's a life of repentance, but... Uh, oh, now here's the assurance. Now he's taken my sin, and now on the basis of the cross, I walk towards uh, the heavenly kingdom. And I think that's, I, I think this is a lot of people's experience, isn't it? They wanted to follow Christ, they've been walking down Salvation Road, um, and then suddenly it it clicks, you know, or, or they, they, the truth is impressed, not in just their mind, but in their very soul. Yeah, Christ has taken my sin. Mm. I am liberated, mm. and I have new raiments, uh, but but fit for purpose. Yeah. So that that's um, Zechariah three four. I have taken your iniquity away from you, and will clothe you with festal robes, festal robes. I wouldn't know how you say that. Robes, yeah. uh, so or or this sort of rich robes that are ready for a feast. So you're now dressed appropriately to enter the kingdom of heaven and to enjoy the feast that is on offer there. So he's he's now dressed appropriately. He's able to enter the kingdom mm-hmm. you need there's a dress code to enter many places isn't there mm. uh, and you can't get in unless you have the correct yeah dress code and he's yeah. got it now that's right and it, it's a that stands for the perfect obedience of christ to the law doesn't it um because what what we need in order to get into heaven is not just a sinless record but a perfect record yes yeah, yeah. not just never breaking the ten commandments mm, but no. fulfilling them perfectly yes um, I mean that's why I, I, when I, I really under, I, you know that's why we've got to be careful when we say that God isn't into good works mm. I mean it, it, it's it, it you know we cannot we can often over push something uh, uh, you're not saved by good works but actually you are saved by good works mm. not our good works because there's no good work we can do mm. um, but because every good work we do is tainted by sin mm. because we're born in this cursed world mm. but it's Christ's good works yeah. so we mustn't give the impression that God is not interested in good works no. and it's just sort of grace yeah. it is grace yeah, yeah. Um, but it's his good works on our behalf. Yeah. That's quite an important yeah, is, part yeah. of the gospel. And it's it? when Jesus says, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. 
you know, you read that and you think, no, is that, I mean, that's literally an impossible, impossible. Calm, yeah. command to fulfill. But the way to fulfill it is to trust Christ who has perfectly obeyed on, on my... I can't be perfect if I ignore Christ. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I, I find a perfection, an alien righteousness, a perfection in, in him. Um, and then that gives me the freedom I need to to live the good life that God yeah. wants me to live. Um, and I think this is, you know, a really unique and important part of the gospel, isn't it? Because in lots of world religions, you do have the concept that uh, a, a God can can do something about your sin. Yes. But it's almost as if he pushes the reset button in your life. And from then on, mm. it's up to you to um, kind of merit the life the eternal life yes. um but the gospel is just so liberating in that it says everything has been done for you sin taken care of righteousness credited to your account um well that's yeah, the catholic know. thing isn't it mm. so christ has died on the cross for you uh now you're you, you now you've got to live so that's the past sins yeah you've got to live that righteous life mm. and that's why you've got to and this this is definitely wrong not just look at back to the cross and what he's done for you mm. is to crucify Christ all the time. Yeah. So that's what their mass is, isn't it? It's a re-crucifixion of Christ. And then, of course, if you're dying, before you die, you need to have the absolution of your sins Yeah. Um, uh, from the time you became a Christian to, you know, and if you don't, then you'll go to, oh, I don't quite know what happens whether you go to, I don't think you go to hell, but you'll have a darker purgatory. Mm. And uh, and purgatory, of course, is a whole blasphemy against the cross. Yeah, yeah. But now we're on to another subject. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it, it's linked, isn't it? Because it's not that he uh, the burden's removed and that he's given a white robe and they say, now don't get it dirty, don't mess it up. It's yeah. your job. He's given a bright raiment of clothes, yeah. uh, fit for the kingdom, and they won't stain and they won't get um, dirty. Uh, because it's already been done for him. And in a way, that's that's this is the motivation as a Christian, isn't it? To leave the old life behind. It's good motivation. Yes. When you see yourself dressed in the clothes of heaven, in Christ's righteousness, he's you're less likely to go and roll around in the mud again, aren't you? And because you go, I don't. Well, you know here what anymore. it's like when you put a white shirt on and you sit down for dinner and a baked bean falls on it. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, really annoying. It's so <laughs> annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so you try your hardest not to, and so you, yeah. you, uh, you bit. have you have a motivation to to live differently because you're dressed differently. Mm, yeah. If he went back to the city of destruction now, he'd be well out of place, wouldn't he? He he, yeah. So, and and this is a big part of faith, isn't it? Because there is some, uh, you know, like that, not mystery in a mysterious sense, but there is something that by faith we just need to grasp here isn't it because we're we're on the one hand saying that when god looks at us he sees us not only as sinless but perfect in the eyes of god and yet when we look inside ourselves we know all the indwelling nastiness that remains and the sin that remains and we know that one day we're going to really truly be made perfect as he is perfect and so the christian life is sort of i've got to believe something that god has told me about myself that he really does look at me and sing over me as I am in his son with all the perfections of his son and yet also reckon with the fact that I, I'm, you know, I, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit by my disobedience and I'm, not, I, you know, I'm uh, slow to learn and stiff-necked and stubborn and ridiculous, you know, and, 
And so I've got to live within that tension, haven't I? This this side of heaven, and yeah. um, I think that's one of the big battles of faith is just to remember what God has declared me to be, mm. and not look at myself and try to read what God is thinking into that, but trust His word and then yeah. live in the freedom of that, isn't it? But it's a hard, it's a hard tension to live within that, isn't it? Sometimes it's why we must yeah. keep preaching the cross because mm. if we forget the cross and what's happened we will be tempted to think it's down to us. Mm. But if we keep taking people back to that place and they see the weight's gone, they see that they're dressed in new robes, they've been given assurance, mm. you go, okay, yeah, that's who I am now. Mm. Uh, let's go on. Mm. Hmm. And then he, once he's got these things, he bursts into song and leaps for, leaps for joy, we're told. And um, uh, he's, you know, he's, just, he's just thrilled. Mm. There is a little song here, but I'm not sure if I'd get it right in his language. <laughs> he says he's singing. Thus far did, thus far I did. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> thus far did I come burdened with my sin. No one could ease the grief that I was in, until I came here. What a place this is! Is this place the beginning of my blessedness? Is this the place the burden fell from my back? Is this the place where the strings that bound it to me broke? Blessed cross, blessed sepulchre, blessed rather be the man who there was put to shame for me. Mm. You've got a slightly modern version of mine. Yes, I do. Got hithers and. And I think that. Sorry, I just think there's. A, you know, that's a really lovely last line, isn't yeah. it? You know, blessed cross, blessed sepulchre, blessed rather the one who is there for me. And I think mm. what that shows put to shame faith, for me. Put to shame, shame for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think what that shows there is that. Even the the benefits or the gifts of the gospel mm. are not as precious as the man who's won them for yes. us. That that Christianity is going to be it's going to be an affection and a love for Christ mm. Himself, isn't it? Mm. And not just the heaven that He can give yes. me, mm. or the gifts that He can give me, but Him He Himself is the prize of the gospel. Yeah, and the most blessed. Well, I was talking to that. someone uh, the other day, and I, and I think this was the big difference. Mm. You know, they're brought up a Christian. They thought they understand Christianity. But, uh, you know, as you were talking to them, you suddenly realised that there was actually no Christ in their Christianity. They didn't really get this. And um, and it was just quite extraordinary and, and uncomfortable, really. But the, the whole idea really was that God God is there to sort of to sort of receive our worship or whatever it is that we have to give him. And he might bless us in this world, and that—that's a really n not a Christian view of God, mm. is it? Not that he's Father. He wants to be relational. He's called Father, isn't he? And um, uh, and we we come to know Father through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very, it's very intimate in that sense. But this was all works and religion and things you do and how much you give away and. Um, it all comes down to what that person does in the end. So at what point did he become a Christian? <laughs> because he's already called Christian, isn't he? he I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, um, Spurgeon thought that he, and a lot of people criticised Bunyan for this, that mm -hmm. it took too long to get to the cross. I think in reality it's often like this. So he may well have been a Christian when he got through the, the wicked, uh, you know, the, 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 the little gate 
a narrow gate because mm. he chose a narrow way. Um, but I think a lot of people are like that, aren't they? they, they it sort of is a journey. Mm. Um, and where you can say, you know, mm-hmm. when they became a Christian, because it's not just God choosing us and making us a Christian. There's also, you know, us being converted mm-hmm. and uh, asking the Lord to be our saviour. Um, where that happened with him, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter because he's come to the cross and the cross... So what, what, do, you, what do you do with someone who's on the road? You point them to the cross. Yeah. What do you do with someone who's not sure where they are? You point them to the cross, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I would say in his experience now, he could call himself a Christian... Yeah because he knows that his sins have been taken away and he's been given this assurance mm-hmm. by the Spirit. It's like, the, the, it's, it seems like it's this moment as he comes face to face with the cross that all that he's been thinking now connects with the heart fully. Yeah. And so he's been on the right path. He's known these truths. He's realized that he doesn't want to live for the city of destructions. He's discovered many truths about himself and about the gospel, he's seen these great pictures that the preachers pointed him towards and then he's been ready to come to the cross and he he realises, yes, I'm free. Um, I have forgiveness. Uh, Christ has given me a new a new life and he's given me assurance. So I think this is where, he, you know, whether or not he was a Christian beforehand, he certainly feels it more um, more strongly than he had done before. And there are different... there are. You know, there are different types of people, aren't there? So if you if you look at who Jesus meets in the Gospels, there are there are the Pharisees, for instance, who are who are in the city of destruction and are not leaving it. They're, they're like obstinate, you know, they're not coming out. But then there are people who come to Jesus and they say, you know, teacher, we've left everything to follow you, or teacher, I'm going to follow you, I just need to bury my father. Or um, And they're all very well-intentioned. Or there's the rich young ruler, he knows what the commands are, he's kept them all since he was a boy. And so he's he's unconverted, but different than the Pharisee who's never left the city of destruction. They they, they both need the cross, but they're they're sort of different in how they've approached Jesus and even what they've been willing to give up for Jesus or in their level of interest. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Bunyan maybe is trying to say, look, there, you know, there are people who come and they want to follow, and they can even make some sacrifices in order to come and listen. But you do. Until you've passed through the cross, um, you're, you're, you're not a converted person. And, and you still bear your sin. And if it's not dealt with, you'll take it with yeah. you. Yeah. And there's other examples of those people who go on these sorts of journey. And, you know, John's so good at, at painting this, but the, the man who's healed from his blindness goes on this kind of journey where he becomes more more knowledgeable about yeah and then suddenly he he's basically worshiping jesus as god at the end of that or you think of nicodemus he comes in chapter uh, three and he's like well we know we you know i know something about you he he's obviously at odds somewhat with the with the other religious leaders yeah. there and then he and then you get him again i think the way that john interweaves the story of Nicodemus with the story of Jesus is brilliant because he comes in next and he's defending Jesus at some point and then Jesus dies and he's there with Joseph of Arimathea another bloke who had been part of the religious uh, ruling council and they're burying this Jesus and so it would seem that these these sort of people go on these journeys and sometimes it, it, you know people get it straight away the Samaritan woman seems to get it pretty pretty quickly 
But Nicodemus goes through this journey and the blind man goes through this journey. I think that's, that seems to be what's going on with him. Mm. That's it. I mean, we're going to meet some of those people that think they're Christians. Yeah. And they've actually climbed over the wall and um, they've missed it. Cross out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the answer, isn't it? When you're... When you're when you're talking to someone about whether you are a follower of Jesus, there are certain things you do need to hear. They may not be the words, but the concepts. And and I think sin is one of them. I don't, you know, you won't come to Jesus really as a savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might come to him as a provider of for you know money or healing or something, mm-hmm. but sin is is big, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and coming to him knowing that actually he's the only one, he's the only name who will uh, be our saviour, and he's paid the penalty for our sin. Those those concepts have got to be had, however, um, however much there is to learn on those massive things, and there is, mm. uh, there's got to be some concept of that, hasn't mm. it? Has there not? That's right, yeah. I mean, even when the thief on the cross is dying... He's 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 got a very limited understanding of uh, Jesus and Jesus's ministry and wouldn't know the five points of Calvinism, <laughs> you know, at that stage. But yet he basically knows this man next to me is innocent. I'm guilty. I'm getting yeah. what I deserve. He he but he isn't. And through what he's doing, um, I think I can I think I can find forgiveness and, and get out of this. Remember me. Remember me. Yeah. And. Uh, well, he's so an amazing set. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So he's a king. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he. So that's the, as, as you say. That's the. It may not be the exact words, but he's got that concept of I'm guilty. He's not. I need him to deal with this, and that's my hope. Uh, yeah, and actually yeah. defending Christ. It's yeah. just interesting because we talked about that, and I, that, that was on my mind. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, because he defends Christ against the other, the other criminal, cr- criminal yeah. on mm. the other side of Christ, doesn't he? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, but I have noticed over the years that um, you you know people are sort of on the right road, if you can put it that way, uh, when they start not just questioning, they start defending Christ or defending Christians quite an interesting thing to look out for i think mm. that something's happened isn't it with them mm. when they start saying well hold it no don't talk about christians like that you know and that's quite interesting mm. yeah okay i think we're done for today um you can join us next time please do join us next time as we carry on this journey um and uh if you've missed any of these episodes you can catch up with all of them on uh on the website and uh uh, we we did preach through this book some time ago and um you should be able to find our sermons there on the website um any any feedback or questions that you've got we'd, we'd love to hear or just a note that this is useful and encouraging in some way It'd be good to hear um anyone so, please, please. <laughs> anyone anywhere anyone um and uh, that's it thank you